What is up, People First Leaders? My name is Chris Lin, and I am your advocate and host for the Leading People First podcast, where we are set to transform the workplace. I'm happy you're tuning in and joining me on this journey as we talk about leadership and its effect on the employee experience. Before we jump into this episode, I want to thank everyone who left a review for the October giveaway. The winner comes from Cultural Coordinator on Apple Podcasts, who wrote, What? Aren't more people talking about this? Workplace culture is so much more than after-hours happy hours. Invest and listen to employees and leaders who inspire good work within the organization. Great listen. Look forward to it every week. Thank you so much for the awesome review. I'll be sending you a copy of previous guest and best-selling author Kristen Sherry's award-winning book, UMAP. If you're tired of the overwhelming number of assessments trying to figure out your next move, then you need UMAP. UMAP reveals the four pillars of career fit, strengths, values, preferred skills, and interests. The award-winning profile turns insights into practical action. For more information, go to myumap.com. Speaking of turning insights into practical action, I got a chance to talk with Mark Johnson, a dynamic speaker, trainer, and coach for businesses large and small. Mark's focus on the employee experience and culture is what has propelled him to work with government agencies and businesses all over the world. Mark is continually working to move himself and people forward, and you'll really be able to hear it as he shares his experiences and stories. Here we go. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Excellent, Chris. How are you today? I'm doing really well. Thank you. I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, I know we've known each other on LinkedIn for quite some time, and it's been great just interacting with each other, reading your posts and reading your insights on business and entrepreneurs. So it's, uh, I'm glad that we could sit down and have a conversation. Well, I'm happy to be here. This is, uh, this is a great topic to be talking about today. Well, thank you. Uh, so like I start all of my podcasts, I would love to know what it means to you to lead people first. When you're building any business, you need to be looking at your people and you have to be leading them in the direction of a culture that supports your business and your community and your employees. That's the way I see it as more holistic that you, you lead with, with an intention with the North star that your business is going to make a difference in your life, in your family's life, in your employee's life and in your community, whether that community be local or global, that we are all building something that is for the betterment of all. Yeah. I think a lot of, businesses and leaders, especially new businesses, they have this great purpose, mission, vision to make an impact. And usually that's for their community. Uh, Yet, like you say, it's really important for them to also remember and think about the impact that they have on those that they're going to employ. Because it's not just about what their business is going to do for the community or for society. It's also what they're going to do for the people that work for them. So that's a really good point. I really like that. I would love to hear more about where you started, how you got to where you are today. Well, we, I started, interestingly, um, a long time ago doing environmental science. That was my background. And I ended up working in pipeline integrity, building, (laughs) working with pipelines and, uh, I used to say that our job was to keep your pipelines out of the headlines. That was kind of our little tagline for the company. Yeah. But what I found in doing that was that if you can build 
a culture within your business that people wanted to be a part of, you could carry your mission and your vision for that business so much further. And unlike, as you know, because you've been there, when you are in a business where it's just a job and it doesn't really go beyond that, there's no drive in you, the employee, to help build something bigger. But when you build a culture, when you're leading your people and you build a culture with a mission and with a set of values that means something more, then people will go that extra mile. People will talk about your business outside of business. And it creates a community in your business that people want to be a part of. And that's what I found. And having done it a couple of times, it's really important because you end up with a better business, whether it's to build a business that you're going to sell, which is common, or whether you're just building something that, that's going to leave a legacy. Yeah. When, you, when you do that, you create, a, you create something that people want to be a part of and, and value. Um, almost, a, almost a Zappos type of culture or Richard Branson and Virgin and, and everything that falls under the Virgin uh, label, right? People yeah. want to work there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's uh, there's a reason why we have the you know best place to work lists, and yes. it's not because necessarily that they have the best benefit packages, that they're the most profitable, right? That does drive some people. That does motivate some people. But the reason we have those lists is actually because of the cultures that have been built within the organizations. That is what it boils down to is the leadership and the culture that they've developed. So I know that you've worked quite a bit with building cultures. So what happens when leaders intentionally build a culture that is positive and impactful? And, and I'm glad you bring that up because as a leader, right, whether you're the, whether you're the CEO or the, or the COO or you're just the guy starting the business, you have to intend to build the culture the way you want it, right? With, with the values, with the mission and the vision, as you mentioned. Because if you don't, you're liable to have a culture develop within your business that doesn't support that mission and vision and, and core values that you have. Uh, because the culture develops. Um, I refer to culture as, as being the operating system for your business. Yeah. Right. Like doesn't matter what type of computer you're running. It has an operating system that causes it to do what it does. It's the same in your business. Your culture really is that operating system for your business. And if you don't build a culture that, includes everything it'll start to fall apart pretty quickly and, and degrade into something that doesn't work for you and doesn't work for your business yeah there's a lot of areas where culture within organizations can go wrong there's a lot of opportunities for things to go wrong or opportunity for things to go very right um, and it's very important for leaders to understand that especially as they're building their business Something that I find a lot of organizations, new business, especially startups, 
that they falter is that they don't think about that right away because they think more about the operational, more about operations than they think about culture, HR, things like that. And that's where toxic cultures, toxic behaviors can kind of creep in. And I know that that's something that you're very passionate about as well and very well versed in. So can you share more about, you know, what happens when those toxic behaviors creep into organizations? And, and I'll use an example from my own personal experience. We, based here in Canada, uh, we had built a, a nice business and we had sold it to a large multinational based out of Houston, Texas. And in the attempt to integrate the two companies, um, they never looked at the culture. We were a very entrepreneurial, very can-do, very hey, let's make this happen type of place where they were a very large, very stoic, very, you know, hierarchical type of business. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because after we had sold the business, the very first first of the new year, they told us managers, oh, you're going to come to Houston. We're going to do meetings and training and and everything and you're going to come down here for five weeks Mm -hmm. now five weeks in houston in january is far nicer than five weeks in alberta (laughs) in january Uh, but what we discovered was we were down there and you know meetings and everything that was great but come later in the spring they wanted to have another round of meetings up in calgary which is fine except their people would fly up on a Monday morning, fly home on Friday morning. And they did this every week for several weeks. Well, when we asked, you know, why are you guys going home? And they're like, well, we've got families and we do stuff on the weekends and everything else. Then we're like, well, why do we have to go to Houston and stay there? Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's just how it is. So when you, and that developed, it really did develop into a very toxic culture in our business because it's like, well, why us and not you? Yeah. There's, there's almost like a favoritism that happens there, right? Um, Exactly. And you unintentionally that organization built an exclusive culture, right? It did. Yeah. Something that wasn't inclusive, right? You're not thinking about the other people you're just kind of thinking about what is affecting you and that's the opposite of what leading people first is right exactly because it ultimately ended up with with the business unit our business unit that they bought um being broken up and and absorbed into a couple of their business units Mm -hmm. and within what five years Several of us that had been in that original and built that original business unit uh, or business, uh, we were all back out on our own and went, well, let's do it again. And we started another business with an inclusive culture competing against our our former bosses. And that's the difference. And this is where some people don't, when you look at leading people first, if you're hearing employees say things like, well, the boss does this, or the boss said that, or the boss did, they don't feel part of 
the business and they certainly don't feel part of any kind of decision-making process in your business. Yeah. And that leads to, as you said, a very toxic culture. Yeah. That, that reminds me of organizations and even managers that I've worked with or interacted with where they have literally said like, do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, that makes no sense whatsoever, right? Like you can't have exceptions to your culture. You can't have exceptions to your policies or rules or your norms that you've developed within your organization because that's exactly how those tiny little cracks start appearing in culture. And that's where they can very easily widen and grow into canyons, yeah. right? So, and, and a very simple one, um, and, th- and this is where a lot of, of, of entrepreneurs, business owners don't see it, when they started to have some success and you know, they I've put in these 60, 70 hour weeks for as long as I can remember, I'm going to start taking off Fridays at four or Fridays at three. And unless that's communicated, Mm -hmm. your employees just go, well, the boss is out of here at three. Why the hell am I working till five? Yeah. That privilege is a, is an issue can very easily become an issue. Yeah. Or you and I have both worked in organizations where, you know, the sales guy shows up on Monday and you don't see him again till the following Monday. Now he's probably out doing his job, but when other people don't see that, then they start to question, well, what's Bill doing or what's Mary doing? We never see them. Yeah. It's really interesting because you push on them. You know, this happens frequently with people in sales where, It's like, well, what have you been doing all week? It's like, well, I've been out getting sales and the visibility. And I, we don't, you know, I don't mean to pick on salespeople, but just in in general, visibility is a very real thing, especially today, right? Right now that we're in a pandemic, people are working from home and you don't physically see people. You don't necessarily know what they're doing. You just trust they're doing the work that they need to do. But having the visibility across the organization or even just within teams or even just manager to employee and background. Um, it's really important to know or just have an idea of what's happening, right? You don't necessarily have to, you know, provide a check-in note every day or you don't, as a manager, you don't always have to say, Hey, what did you do today? But just seeing and knowing and understanding that things are happening is really important. And one of the best ways that I like to do it is um, sharing obstacles that I've either overcome or that I'm coming up against, because then that also triggers others to have more conversation and to help collaborate and problem solve together as a group. Exactly. And that's a perfect point, Chris, that if you want to build your culture and you want to build it inclusive so that everybody feels they're part of this, having a you know, a Monday or a Friday or a Wednesday, hey, let's get together and we're going to do a little brainstorming or a mastermind around this, whatever it is. And and there have been some really brilliant ideas that have come from people that aren't even, whether it be sales or technology, that go, well, have you tried this? And if you go, no, I haven't, you, and you don't diminish other people's ideas. And this is a leadership thing that I learned a very long time ago. Don't go into a meeting saying, hey, we have this problem, this issue, this, 
And this is what I think we should do. Because as soon as you say that as the leader, everybody else goes, well, it doesn't matter what we say now, he's going to do that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, leaders and really good managers, they they really need to focus on, here's the problem. This is our what we're trying to achieve. This is our goal. Um, and focusing on that, right? And allowing your team to handle the issue. Let them brainstorm. Let them innovate. Because they are doing they're good at what they do that's why you have them there and a lot of managers and leaders um they feel like they need to play the hero i think that's something that i i heard in a recent ted talk was there's this misconception that leaders need to be heroes all the time and that's just not true we we need the people around us to help achieve help us achieve our goal uh, yeah and that's correct and that's a, a really good point that often entrepreneurs, they do, they see themselves as that hero, as that, you know, heroic figure standing on the, on the, you know, the pinnacle of the mountain, you know, wind blowing and, you know, I did it where, and I know from personal experience, it's never that person. Yeah. It's the team you've built around you and the culture you've built around you that builds that. And if you back to our original point, if you don't build the culture you want, the culture will develop and it can very easily go toxic. Yep. Absolutely. And sometimes it's one hire that shifted everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And you and I, because we've been in, in this world of, of team development and, and training and, and culture, that sometimes it really is one hire. That's the problem. And I'll example from a podcast that I was listening to with Steve Sims. And he was, when he hires or he's looking at his team, he has what he calls a chug test. And Steve's from, from England, from London. And he says, if I can't chug a beer with them, what I want them on my team. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's, he, you know, Steve's an interesting character, but he said like he was looking at one of his top salespeople and she was brilliant at sales and brought in sales, but the rest, everybody else didn't like her. They didn't want to be around her. And Steve put his own, you know, would I have her to my place to chug a beer with? And he said, no, I, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So even though he, she was his top producer, he let her go. At that point, his team came to him and said, wow, we were waiting. Like, we knew she didn't fit in. We knew she wasn't part of the culture. She was always toxic. She was always, you know, putting the rest of us down. So we were waiting to see if you, you know, what you say is really what you do. And that's a key point when you are leading people. You have to do what you say. It's not just, you know, oh, that's the rules. And, you know, if it happens, it happens. Yeah, that also shows your team and your organization that you really do put your values, your purpose or culture before sales, right? You put that stuff before profits. You put people before profits. And it's really important to show that, that when you do have someone like that, 
you know, it could be a top salesperson. It could be, you know, your best engineer. It could be your, you know, your top, you know, designer, whatever it is. But if they don't live the values and the culture that is expected within the organization, the people, the other people within your organization or team are going to suffer and they're going to hold it against you. Right. And so it's really important to nip those things in the bud. And I know that, you know, you've done a lot of work with small businesses, entrepreneurs. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, what you, what you've done, what you're currently focused on. Yeah. So what I'm working with entrepreneurs is, is building that culture. Let's get some, and, and I know it sounds weird to talk about culture and then turn and talk about uh, procedures and, and processes. But if you have solid procedures and processes in place and you're building a solid culture around a mission, a values, uh, and, and, a, and a true vision of where you're going, those two work really well together because they support mm-hmm. each other in that everybody knows how to do their job and it's a written, this is how we do it, whether it's written or videoed or or whatever method you use. So that, pardon me, if you have to, you know, add a member to the team, they don't have to guess as to how to do the jobs. It's, It's already there. And, the culture is there because it's, it's written, right? People, people often think, Oh yeah, well, we have a mission statement. It's X or we have a vision and it's Y or it's up on the wall. Right. And I can think of one organization I worked for uh, a long time ago, but their motto was safety first. And yet when the, when things got bad, the first thing they did was cut safety. Yeah. Right. So how is your vision, your, your model of safety first enforced when the first thing you do is, is cut safety when, when the market turns against you? And that's important because culture isn't whatever's written on the wall at the corporate office. Culture's what your people feel about you mm-hmm. and your business. And are they part of it or is it just a job? So that's why I see the, you know, having you know, SOPs as we call them, standing operating procedures tied with your culture and have those seamless and working together towards the vision, you know, the North star of your business, right? Because things change, right? Nobody knew this pandemic was coming, but if you have a proper culture in your business, people are going to work together. They're going to continue to support each other and you in going forward. Yeah. Where we can look at, through all of this, we can see some some pretty big retailers that don't exist anymore because when things shifted, everything fell apart. And yet we see some other retailers that this all this has done has made their business even bigger. Yeah, it's important to bring the team along, right? It's really important to you know, make, make sure you're pulling them with you, not necessarily pushing them <laughs> in that case. Yeah, well, and, and this is, your team has to see that you're there with them. One of my clients, they, Alan goes to Phoenix every winter for 
four or five months, except this year. And his business operates seamlessly because he built the culture and he's put the right people in the right positions so that that multi-million dollar business runs whether he's standing there or not. Yep. Because if you are the, if you're the main gear in the system, you're also the main problem in the system. Yeah. There's a lot of potential for breakdown if you set yourself up to be that main, that main piece. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think Absolutely. it was Tim Ferriss. It said, if you're the main, main cog in the system, you're the main clog in the system. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And and it is. It's brilliant because, oh, yeah, because how do you ever take a day off? Yeah. And that's where I see, you know, working with the businesses I've been working with, right? We, we build that culture so that you grow. Yeah. Even in times like this, are you growing or are you not? Yeah. And there's different ways to grow, right? There's There are different areas... Uh, either as a business or as an individual where you can grow, right? And here I'm talking about, you know, things like personal development, career development, uh, or even professional development, right? Are there courses that you can take? Are there avenues that your organization has not necessarily focused on before? Is there something that you need to explore? Uh, Is there something that you can learn about? So that's something that is, that's something that is often forgotten is that when we run into crises like we currently are in someone hits the panic button right and Mm -hmm. the organization starts like oh my gosh we're on fire but if we if we can prevent that and we can say okay yes we do know we're in for a rough ride so what can we do now to prepare ourselves to get us through this and to come out better on the other side so that's what's something that you know I think a lot of organizations forget is that this is actually the perfect time to grow as an organization, to upskill your workforce, to upskill your team around you, because you don't want to come back from whatever crisis that you're in. Once that's over, you don't want to come back the same because coming back the same automatically puts you behind the eight ball because the crisis or whatever happened has is going to force the industry or the business or society to evolve. It's going to progress in a direction. It's going to move forward. And if you are on step, say step three, and the world moves to step eight, and you're saying, nope, like we're going to cut things like training, or we're going to cut things like culture, employee experience, by the time you get back and the world is back on step, you know, they come back at step eight and you're still on step three, you know, you are behind. Yes. So you really need to focus on things like that. You really need to focus on your uh, employees, especially in these, in these times and the difficult times. Yeah. And 100% Chris, one of my mentors, Blair Singer put it this way. And, and he, I believe he's absolutely correct that your business will only grow to the same extent you do. So if you're not doing personal development and business development, yeah. right there, you, you're the stuff you're, you're the cap on that business. Yeah. As you grow, then your business can grow because now you're a bigger version of you, which allows that business to grow up and grow out. 
Yeah, that's something that I um, I personally have been frustrated with, especially looking at startups, companies that I've been in is managers who stop growing. They stop learning. They think that they are set or they think that they don't have time. And right. that is, I mean, that just hurts my soul. <laughs> um, and it's frustrating because then that also shows that they don't prioritize it within the organization. So it's really important to you know, focus on learning at all times. It doesn't matter when you do it, how you do it. You just need to learn. You need to read. You need to watch videos. You need to take a course here and there, whatever it might be, go to a workshop well, um, because, oh yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say one simple tip and especially in, in your area, the Bay area and that um, there's lots of places where people commute an hour or more, whether that's driving their car or riding the train or whatever. An hour, two hours a day, five days a week, that's 10 hours. Yep. If you're, whether it's listening to a good podcast or taking an online course that you're doing through your phone, through your headset, as you're list driving, riding, whatever it is, adds so much to your business and to your life. I'm a huge fan of having podcasts playing on my phone when I'm driving. Right? Because yeah. what I'm, I'm learning, I'm getting nuggets, I'm getting ideas yeah. that I can then use to grow me and my business, which then I can use to help my clients grow. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of, again, there's a lot of small ways where you can absorb and get new information, you know, think about new ideas, ideate yourself, right? Um, you know, there's so many times when I've listened to other podcasts or radio shows um, or just whatever, or maybe reading an article and it sparked an idea in my mind, right? And being able to run with that, uh, then, I mean, that just, it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be like a 40 hour course, a 10 hour course. It can just quite literally be a 10, 20, 30 minute thing. Um, and so it does not have to be this huge giant gigantic thing that uh uh that some people think it is mm -hmm. learning so there's there's opportunities to learn everywhere um so yep absolutely well mark uh it has been wonderful getting to connect with you in person talking face to face thank you again so much for coming on the leading people first podcast before you go i would like to know what is the impact you are looking to leave on people that they're in a better place for having met and known me, that their world is just that little bit better, that little bit brighter, that if I can share something that helps them become more, then I've, I, feel, I feel fulfilled. I feel like I've done a good thing. That's awesome. Well, thank you again so much. Where can people connect with you? Look me up on LinkedIn is probably the best. And I'm, you'll find me under Mark Rob Johnson on LinkedIn or on my website, which is www.success-innovations.com. And for the listeners, if they go to success-innovations.com forward slash clarity, uh, they can book a free 30 minute clarity call with me and much like you and I, we get to know each other a little bit and see how I can give you a little bit of clarity in your business and where you want to go. Awesome. 
Well, thank you again, Mark. It was great talking with you and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Leading People First podcast. I absolutely love hearing stories about leaders who are like Mark, who really embody leading people first. This continual prioritization of people and purposely crafting the culture within organizations is the difference between maintaining a business or growing a business. Thank you again, Mark, for coming onto the podcast. And I want to give a special shout out to Kristen Sherry again for supporting this podcast with UMAP. If you want to learn more about Mark, don't forget to check the show notes. I'm glad you're joining me on this journey exploring how leadership affects the employee experience. Keep leading people first and stay awesome. This is Kristen Sherry, creator of the UMAP Profile. What I love most about my job is all the messages I receive from people around the world who have experienced transformation from UMAP. Just today, I received an email that said, this report is amazingly accurate. You guys nailed it. I should have pursued the career that I used to pretend when I was a young girl, a news reporter. I deeply appreciate all the knowledge and ingenuity that Kristen put into creating this UMAP tool. I now feel a sense of relief that I have found myself again. Are you a coach, a consultant, a leader, or an HR professional who wants to hear your employees or clients have these similar breakthroughs? Consider joining the UMAP certification. All the coaches who go through our program always say the same thing. Of all the certifications I have, this one is by far the most valuable. And the UMAP profile was awarded the 2020 Career Innovation Award by Career Directors International. Visit myumap.com for more information.